Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. And again, I sit down. I'm Jim Gerhardt. Sit down with uh, Patrick Lavery who was the executive producer of the morning news program at New Jersey 101.5. For a bit of a chat, Pat, I, I want to start off with, um, like, the gentleman of the cloth with a glance at the text. Sure. Now, uh, Pat will do this. I'll give you the script, and you can do this on... Uh, Pat's doing this uh, this background music on comb and tissue paper. <laughs> I don't want to establish what I'm doing here. Establish the text for the day. <laughs> this, I don't know where to start here. Uh, except I run across this, and I'll just read this, and then I'll get back to where it came from. And it's so much in, in concert with some of the new thinking, the holistic medicine and healing and things. And you look out there, and you've got uh, a, a world gone totally mad. And I thought that this might be an interesting slant. So, okay, little uh, little background, Pat. Take, okay. a, take, take a breath. Go get him. And it says, all illness whether in the body or in the human nature, flows from the body being out of balance. The part can never be well unless the whole is well. All good and evil in the body or in the human nature originates in the soul. So, if the head and the body are to be well, you must begin by curing the soul. And here we get to the gist of the sermon. Mm. And the cure has to be affected by fair words <laughs> which plant temperance in the soul. So he's saying that by fair words, mm-hmm. we cure our bodies, the political body. Pat, when was the last time you heard any fair words going around, <laughs> especially in the political arena? Well, and and this plays into something that I, I learned very early on in, in one of my very first college classes. It was a communication class. I was uh-huh. a communication studies major, and my professor uh, said, meanings are not in words. So that kind of blows a hole uh, in in that that meanings are in are in visual and and nonverbal cues and uh, if if you can't rely on words to cure your soul then what can you rely on? Well, he's talking about fair words. I take it uh, again going back to the what the biblical book of Micah I think it mm-hmm. was. Uh, and G- Micah said, God stole him. Says, what have I expected of you except that you do judgment and justice and walk humbly before God and man. Uh, which would kind of discount the political discourse that's going on. <laughs> now, I'll tell you who wrote. No, really, the reason I thought this was interesting, mm. you are familiar with the Monty Python group. Yes. One of the members of the Monty Python comedy group was a man named Terry Jones. Mm-hmm. Terry Jones turned out, after his career, television, comic career, mm-hmm. to be a brilliant medieval scholar. Okay. And he's written a number of books. And I was reading a book called Barbarians. Okay. Now, this is where I picked this up. He goes back to a, a, a holy man or a religious leader, uh, goes back to the, uh, what, fifth, sixth centuries, you know, B.C. Mm-hmm. This is before the Roman Empire. Sure. 
And he was operating in uh, Dacia, which you don't hear about anymore. No. That was a big kingdom. They were way ahead of Rome. Okay. And they were centered in Rome. It's now Romania, but in that, they Got were it. known as the barbarians. Right. Okay. But it turned out the barbarians had a much advanced civilization over the civilized people. <laughs> but anyway, this was a man named Azel Moxis okay. who said that. But anyway, he said that. He's talking about exactly what you hear if you read books or you watch the holistic, holistic medicine people. Yes. About cure the soul first. Right. And that goes, he was a contemporary of Buddha. That's how far he goes back. Right. Yeah. It's, so. it's, a, it's a very, um, at its core, it, it is a very biblical concept, as, as yeah. you mentioned. If, uh-huh. if one part of the body is ill, yeah. you know, throw it out. Throw it out. So, yeah. yeah. And so you start with the soul has mm-hmm. to be in, in, in concert with Tip-top itself. Tip-top shape, yeah. And you do that according by using fair words which plant temperance in the soul. Hmm. In other words, everybody sit down and shut up for a while. Because <laughs> what you do, you turn on anything, all you get is dog pile on the rabbit of one kind right. or another. Speaking of dog pile on the rabbit, <laughs> we, we have a rabbit, <laughs> a rabbit candidate, which is the governor. Uh-huh. Now, Pat, you're closer to this than I am. There was a poll. This was a Monmouth University poll. Yes. And Pat Murray, who runs the poll, in my opinion, is the most, what, incisive political observer observer of the political scene in the state yeah i I'd, I'd buy that there there are a couple that we rely on for our polling of of what new jersey residents think and and he is one that we go back to not only because of the methodology of how uh he conducts the poll but his insight as well and so they come out with a poll and this is on the governor now you would have to tell me how this stacks up with former polls but his approval rating is 43 percent mm-hmm which is less than it was for both Christie and Corzine at this time right. in their career. But it's not unusual for a governor. Now, 43% approve, 40% disapprove, which means 18% say, Who's Murphy? I've never heard of Murphy. Who's he? Well, at, so. at least at least he has uh, risen his uh, he has elevated his name recognition uh, in the year that he's been in office because um, part of what made this poll so interesting uh, and part of the the reason that we have been featuring it uh, on the news is because the approval number hasn't really changed. I think it's down a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's within a point of where it was uh, previously. The disapproval. Uh, has skyrocketed. So you have uh, people who are getting off the fence of saying, I don't know who he is, to, oh, no, 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 I don't like him. But you know, a lot of the, in this poll, you have to wonder, how many people did they make in their calls who had no idea? Right. Which would range from, I don't know, I don't hear of anybody, uh, you know, and then hang up, or no speak of the English. Right. So, Well, w- what I would be interested to know is, People who go to the polls to vote on Election Day because they feel it's their duty, mm-hmm. but they kind of cover their eyes and, yeah, and yeah. vote for uh, whoever whoever looks good to them that day. Well, it's a party. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, how, how many people who just went in and blindly voted? And I do believe that it, there is such a thing as an uneducated voter that still uh, well, goes because they feel like they, they need to. Yeah, there, it would be good if you could have some kind of a means test to vote, which mm-hmm. means you have to know something about the candidate. Yes. There can't be somebody standing out there, a party worker, 
right. holding up a huge sign are talking with you and say, you know, vote for this. Right, because it, it is not, and this is something that's said every election cycle, uh, it is not a popularity contest. Now, there is an effort uh, out of Colorado, and Colorado is in a federation of the smaller um, not in area, obviously, but the smaller represented states. New Jersey is part of this uh, that wants to abolish the Electoral College. And you heard mm-hmm. about this going back a couple of years um, when sure. when Trump won because Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Well, Same thing it happened goes back to Al Gore and, right. and uh, Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so New Jersey has also been uh, in the news because of that, because the Colorado state legislature uh, is trying to raise the profile uh-huh. of this multi-state well, uh, coalition. But the reason you have it's just what we were talking about. The reason mm-hmm. you have an electoral college was the founding fathers figured right. half the population's a bunch of idiots. Right. <laughs> when they can right. look out the window <laughs> right. Right. And, and prove their point. <laughs> and, and so they feel that uh, educated people, th- th- this was to kick the uh the balance right over to the people who might be educated consequently somewhat aware of what they're voting for and in george washington's farewell address when he left office uh, when he left the office of president uh, one of the main points that he made was um guarding against establishing political parties mm-hmm. because i th- i think he felt that that would lead to exactly what you said people going into a voting booth or showing up to vote and voting strictly for the party and not knowing anything about the person. Well, essentially what people are trying to do is vote for what is best for them individually, mm-hmm. what's going to give them the most. This is why Alexander Titler, the great Scottish historian, once mm-hmm. said that democracies can't work. You know, you're aware of that famous line. Right. Democracies can only last a short period of time because eventually the people will catch on to the fact they can vote themselves the lion's share of the treasury. <laughs> when they do, economic collapse is inevitable, always followed by a dictatorship. Right. So I can see us going down that line. The only question left, who is going to be the dictatorship? Right. Is it going to be from the left or from the right? And and you could make a case for either. At this point, it, yeah. it's, it may be a toss-up right now. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> or or maybe none of the above right. if they don't beat the Chinese and, <laughs> and, and the Muslims to, well, the, sure. to the punch right. on that. But, but uh, getting back to that poll, uh, the governor, I believe that his campaign message essentially uh, boiled down to he was going to make it a stronger and fairer New Jersey for the middle class and the the poor, the under underprivileged. Mm-hmm. Now, in this poll, they asked the question: uh, Has this become uh, a state that is fairer for this particular element of the population? Mm-hmm. Now, twenty seven percent said yes. Twenty eight percent say no. He's actually hurt <laughs> right. the middle class. Twenty-seven percent say there's no difference, which probably is closer to and, what's going down. And I would like to know how how recently the poll was conducted, and I don't have that piece of information yeah. uh, offhand. Uh, but because I would like to know how many people's opinions uh, of that, whether he has been good or bad for the middle class, uh, have been swayed by the minimum wage legislation uh, going into effect that and, we and talked about last week. Are they've spun around that? Sure. But here's another one. Has he helped with property taxes? Property taxes, in the same poll, and all polls come up mm-hmm. as the number one concern of New Jersey people, although right. New Jersey people prefer to sit around with their thumbs up their mm-hmm. noses, shall we say, <laughs> and do nothing about it. But uh, has the administration of uh, Mr. Murphy helped property tax payers? 
Only 6% say yes. Mm-hmm. 48% said no. And there's 46% in there that said, well, we're still being screwed. So it didn't really make that much difference. Yeah. But the fact that in that regard, uh, 6%, that's almost yeah. down there with the approval rating of the legislature. Right. And and I, I have to think that 46% number um, that you cited, that was I, neither a yes nor a no. Right. Um, that would be my thought of, of most New Jerseyans uh, when I think about how they think about property taxes, which is, doesn't matter who the governor is, we're so deep in this hole, it would take Superman to get us out. Why in the world do people not do anything about it, Pat? Right. You, mm-hmm. this, this is a mystery to me. I went to a seminar... Nice event held by the CSI group, my mm-hmm. friend Peter Greco and, and his colleagues that we talk about so much. And they had this nice seminar, and they had a lot of people came. I believe 500 people had signed up for it once they yeah. got the word out. And uh, I went there, and I was asked as a person who has been spokesperson for the group, say a few words, introduce their people, mm-hmm. uh, who talked about various areas of uh, economics and personal finance. But I... Got up there, and I just come, I dropped off my property tax check mm-hmm, right. <laughs> on the way up to the seminar. Yeah. And I was still feeling the sting of that, because okay. that's, in New Jersey, the average mm. is, what, eight, about $8,400, $8,500? Yeah, a, I would say which, so. Now, people, for some reason, don't think about that when they're mm. paying a mortgage because it's included. Correct. Wait till you stop working or pay off your mortgage. <laughs> then four times a year. Yeah. You are going to start looking around for the shaft. You <laughs> right. will assume the croquet wicket New Jersey official taxpayer position, <laughs> and you wait for the shaft. Yeah. But I got there, and I looked out at these people, and instead of saying nice things about the CSI group, I wanted, I didn't, but I wanted to start screaming, what the hell is the matter with all of you? You sit there on your dead backsides. And let this happen to you, and you're all there, and you're all there on the property taxes are my biggest problem. Do something about it. it Vote it, the damn vultures out of office. It reminds me, did you ever see the, and it's it was early in the show's history, Saturday Night Live did a sketch with William Shatner many years ago where he played himself at a Star Trek convention. Uh-huh. And he gets up to speak, and he says... Uh, I I really appreciate uh, all the interest that you have in in coming to these conventions and how dedicated you are, and uh, I'm very honored to be here. I just have one thing to say. Get a life, will you, people? (laughs) Exactly. But I I, I have my theories. Obviously, the members of the legislature, elected officials, are the ones who have to bring this about. Now, I've said this 100,000 times. The only politician in New Jersey I've ever heard say this Was uh, John Wisniewski, the the assemblyman, yes. who had been in the mix for the Democratic nomination for governor at one right. time? He pointed out, and it's like you know a voice crying out of the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. The Constitution says the state shall provide the thorough and efficient yes. system of education for all children between you know et cetera et cetera. The state, yeah. Not the constant, the founders, the Constitution writers did not say anybody who has lived a good life, saved their money, <laughs> sweat, <laughs> toiled, and bought themselves a home, they have to pay it, and right. everybody else, you know, can run around yeah. and ignore it, whether you have kids in school or not, which of course is the biggest part of it. And so they've laid this off on property owners. Mm-hmm. Now, it may be at one time historically you had a few people owning huge amounts of property. You don't have that anymore. Most of us will own a house. 
Right. So, at, or we want to own a house. That's, you know, part of American life. Right. And so they lean on that. And when you get older, you have no kids in school. You're on a reduced income. They don't give a damn. You, you get no break at all. They're, they're saying you're tax freeze. Well, so what? Now, the, the governor is boasting. They're thumping his chest. Well, the property taxes uh, didn't go up as much. That's <laughs> yeah, what they always say. Who cares? You want them down. Right. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it says something about the way that things operate in this state when a, a small increase is seen as a victory. It's a victory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and of course, uh, Governor Christie put the so-called cap on the yes. local property taxes. Mm-hmm. And yet the cap uh, had a big hole in it, so <laughs> you could squirt through that. Oh, yeah. My, I, the only thing that I've been able to see is that the state has gotten itself in such a pickle. As you mentioned a few minutes ago, mm. the debt is absolutely overwhelming. Yes. The state has. Mm-hmm. They are billions and billions of dollars in debt. Yeah, and today— And they, no way to dig themselves out of it. Yeah. No. And the pension— what, uh, uh, obligation correct is what 200 billion dollars or something like that it's it's exorbitant and it became a pet cause as you remember of governor christie in Mm -hmm. his first term um but even he realized that uh he was trying to come up with an an innovative way to fix that problem um but met with a lot of resistance Mm -hmm. and and what he came up with turned out not to be sustainable yeah but now if the state if the state paid for this, mm-hmm. or if, if the state even paid for the educational part of it, right? then what happens, I think, is it would be a huge chunk out of the budget. Yeah. And they don't have budget to meet their immediate expenses. Mm-hmm. And also, much of the money they need in the budget is essentially boils down to buying votes, entitlement yes. programs that keep the, the mm-hmm. people in power. And I think this is what they don't want to give up. Now, I had suggested uh, years ago a program we call GRIP, G-R-I-P. Yep. I think you can see it on my hat. Absolutely. If you, if you forget, Pat, it's up there. It's right <laughs> on my hat, which means get rid of incumbent politicians. Yeah. If you want to get something done about this, go to the polls. You don't have to hold your nose. Vote against any incumbent. Mm-hmm. Any. It doesn't matter who it is. Yep. Vote against him. Now, I know the argument is, well, yeah, but the other party's going to put up a, 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 a hack Who's into the same game because the two parties are so close. Mm-hmm. They're going to be spending money to protect their political and ambition backsides. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. Do it a couple of times. Well, and, and here's the other thing. If you believe that nothing is getting done for you now, even if a hack is voted into office, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. And, and you may sooner or later, they're going to start listening. Yeah. As H.L. Mencken, the great wit and political <laughs> what genius once said <laughs> that the uh, if you a united states senator mm. if failed repeatedly with a bung starter <laughs> would eventually get up and start to use his head <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh here's another thing speaking of that mm. the, I, I saw an article on, on the station about how the minimum wage increase might really affect your local property taxes. Well, sure. Because of municipal workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, and if my first reaction was, that's right, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Everybody works for the municipality is going to get a raise. Right. But there's a big fallacy there. I looked it up. 
In all of New Jersey, I could find only one municipal worker making less than $15 an hour already. Mm -hmm. And that was in uh, Burlington County, where somebody called a recreational aide makes $14.68. I mean, Okay. So he is 30 cents under the minimum. (laughs) Other than that, everybody's making the minimum wage or over, Mm -hmm. municipal workers. Right. So there goes that theory. And I'm sure that's that's not going to necessarily be turned back. So uh, that's the story. The the governor, uh, I think people are not at this point quite sure. Mm -hmm. Now, see, the $15 an hour minimum wage, I think, it it, it uh, kicks up a big bit of dust in the beginning. Yeah. When you stop and think about it, not many people are making less than that now. And those who happen to be are all in a certain limited group of occupations, Yeah, it, much it, of which is part-time. Exactly. And, and like you and I talked about last week, the first place, I, I think, in your everyday life where you're going to see a change – um, is is eventually we are going to, I think, have to make a change to self-serve gas. Yeah, which I would be very disappointed by. Mm-hmm. I like this system. Right. Being, being a lazy person like many <laughs> of us are. But uh, the, the getting back to the governor, I think they're pounding themselves on the chest for doing something, which in effect it has already been done. Uh, it'll go up to $10 an hour, 1st of July, the end of the fiscal year. Right. And then it's going to gradually, by a two, dollar a year, I by think. 2028, everybody will be covered except radio announcers and mollusk <laughs> harvesters. <laughs> but it's uh, mostly you got food service workers is yeah. what this amounts to mm-hmm. an amusement park employees, mm-hmm. which is somewhat limited. Uh, farm workers is yep. another very big category of it. And this is good. But I, and, and I talked to people who are employing, you know, the lawn service people. Yeah. We see scads of people. And the theory is that uh, the the uh, immigrants will work cheaper, they'll work harder, and they'll work cheaper. Mm. But the people that I know are paying them more than that now. Yeah. The good I, workers. The, the other argument that I've seen is your, your 16-year-old who gets their first job behind the counter at Wawa. The part-time job. At- at, at $15 an hour, yeah. that gives them a certain sense of entitlement. You know, hey, I started at 15, you know, my next job, mm-hmm. I should be making $20 an hour. I should be making $30 an hour. And, you know, when you're a teenager, but, it doesn't quite work that way. But to me, the big danger to the economy is the ratcheting effect of this. Mm-hmm. If the lower level is making something, everybody above that is going to demand a bit more. Yes. And they're going to have to get it because pay differential. Yep. And unions use this. Mm-hmm. unions play that game like uh Heifetz played the violin <laughs> <laughs> and so everybody will get ratcheted up so no matter where you stand in the chain if you're connected to an organization or a union mm-hmm. or maybe just the general economy once the the it goes up at the lower level mm-hmm. you can watch it sort of ratchet up to everybody well, i've got to pay i've got to have more than that and then I've got to have more than him, and it just keeps going up. Which is where Steve Sweeney comes in at the forefront of this being a union guy, having yeah, that yeah. background. Uh, and, and that's why he has thrown his support behind this. Now, it took a little bit of, of wrangling uh, between him and, and Murphy and Craig Coughlin in the assembly, but it did get done, uh, I, I think, the way that they wanted it to. I had some figures on the state debt somewhere or other here, and... Uh, 
with with exact figures on it, which I had in front of me. Then I threw them on one yeah. of my tantrums. And and I can I can tell you that New Jersey, as you know, is is not alone. A report out late yesterday or this morning said that for the first time, the national debt has crossed the oh, twenty two yeah. trillion dollar mark. Yeah, yeah. The um, where did I? All right, come on, don't go away. <laughs> Stay there, Pat. Don't don't go away. I, All right, I, I, I had here. it. I had it. Okay, I had it. Had it somewhere. Uh, uh, perhaps we will get back to that then. Okay. The uh, oh, here we go. The uh, state debt and pension shortfall, which uh, we have said largely. Now, this is not my idea. Like some nut. Uh, who's saying, well, it's all, most of it's to buy votes. That was used by the Wall Street Journal and I think the New York Times at one mm. time when they were talking about the Jersey debt. If you want to know how it got that way, I'll go back to this. Get a copy. Pat, you may have seen this. Mm-hmm. There is a piece, an article by Steve Malanga, who okay. is a tremendous writer and observer of the scene with the Jersey Journal, Star Ledger, sure, other okay. publications. He wrote a piece called The Mob That Whacked New Jersey, Mm, mm -hmm. and it traces the history of the lawmakers giving the state away in the Treasury in various forms of entitlement. And it it just says it, and it's short. Mm -hmm. Get that. You can get it online, The Mob That Whacked New Jersey. Okay. And, uh, And read that. I think it's only about seven pages. Yeah. But it just traces it up when they started doing it. Mm. And so here we are now. We're sitting behind... This uh, what 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 is the the state debt? It's I I think the uh, the, the arrears are what two hundred and two billion dollars. Yeah, like in promises. Said, it's, it's 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 far into the billions. Yeah. yeah. Now again, so far as the actual state debt is concerned, and I didn't write that. What do you remember? What that is? It's uh, I don't know off the top of my. It, it's head. it's huge. Yeah. Let but, me see if I can find that. But but, but other states, I, I had a listing that I had put down somewhere, and all the states, every state. Right. Is is has a debt. Some have very little debt. California has something like six times as much as New Jersey. Now, look at the aim and tent of this administration, which in the beginning was to Californiaize New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like from what we know with all these entitlement programs and the like, we're gonna start going more and more in that direction. Now, any politician generally feels he's going to live it out. He'll live, Mm -hmm. he'll kick the can, as it said, down the road. And it's going to hit the fan at some time. Somebody's going to get caught holding the dirty end of the stick. So uh, I have uh, something here uh, from a source called the State Data Lab. And let me let me know if this uh, jibes with what uh, what you found. Um, New Jersey, they call a a sinkhole state, which I think you can (laughs) you can figure out what that means. New Jersey has only twenty five point five billion dollars of assets available to pay bills totaling two hundred twenty one billion. That's right. That's the 202 for the entitlements, the uh, public right. workers and school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, teachers union, I think, is the, the, or the education. Those, the, the whole the education uh, association. The, yeah. the retirement, the, the benefit plans and all of most of that. Right. So the remainder of the figure you said, mm. subtract $202 billion, Right. And that's what the state debt is right now. Right. And they got no way of paying it back because the expenses keep going up. Exactly. I figured this out. I wish I'd brought this. Somehow I put it aside. I think what I did was get mad and tore it up and stomped <laughs> on it. How much it, it ends up with every man, woman, callow youth, I well, at some point suckling babes when they get older. Sure. 
his $83,000 in debt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you you read the stories uh, about um, if if you have a child today, that child is already in debt. <laughs> and it's it's not uh, going we we do stories on the station all the time about um, the death taxes. Yeah. You know, how much you owe after you die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is which is a burden that that no family can ever pay. That is a very sneaky thing. And what they do, they defer for a while trying to collect it. Right. They hang on to it until you've forgotten about it. Right. <laughs> and then they hit. Mm-hmm. And it's not only the person, but the executor of the estate will stand responsible for these <laughs> retroactive taxes. Yeah. And so that's a big thing. Talk to your financial advisor. We've always talked with the CSI group, of course, mm-hmm. about it. Uh, about how to get around that, because you think you're sailing along nicely with the inheritance from old Uncle George, uh-uh. and all of a sudden, a couple of years later, here comes the state <laughs> with its hand out. Yeah. So anyway, a uh, couple more things to to bring up here. Uh, how that's going, uh, the frustrating thing is that people don't seem to care. Yeah. There's so many things you can do. I think it was Abraham Lincoln who was reflecting upon some of the instability of some countries, notably he's talking about some of the Central and Latin American countries at the time, mm-hmm. in which when you had a, a presidential election, they'd elect four or five vice presidents <laughs> because they kept not getting knocked off, you know, down the line. Right. And Abraham Lincoln said, a vote, your vote is better than a bullet. It's yeah. more effective than a bullet for, for changing government. And he, he's quite right. People will not do it. Mm-hmm. For one reason or another, and I said, getting back to my, I was wanted to scream at these people. Yeah, I wanted to go out there and start swinging away at them. <laughs> They're sitting there, you know, with these little silly grins upon their faces, little big people of mature years, mm-hmm. shall we say? <laughs> they and they looked like they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Uh, your property taxes. <laughs> well, uh, you let them get away with it. Uh, no, don't know. Okay, uh, other things. Oh, the, uh, I've I become very interested and fascinated, and there's a little bit of deja vu involved in this big flap about the Virginia governor yeah, and the minstrel and, party at, uh, when he was a college student. I want to talk about that a little bit. And and I think it uh, was very fortuitous that, that you brought up the Abraham Lincoln quote because what has happened in Virginia is – the governor is embroiled, and now several of the people that would be in line the to level, succeed him. The succeeding things. Yeah. Yes, the lieutenant governor, I guess the attorney general, whoever, yeah, there, there speaker was a, of the, whoever in New Jersey is the third in line. There was a second official um, accused or who has admitted uh, wearing blackface in the past, and the lieutenant governor uh, is the subject now of, I think, several sexual assault allegations. But what is fascinating to me now, as this thing goes on, mm. The fact that this was not out of tradition at the time was entertainment. Right. You know who's bringing that up? Some of the black organizations. Mm-hmm. And saying, whoa. And there was a big meeting scheduled. Yeah. And I don't know if it happened or not. Maybe you read about that. Of these groups, uh, the African-American various groups, uh, support groups, and they were saying, you know, maybe we better back down here because, after all, the important thing is the governor's been a good governor for us. Right, And so you go back 30 uh, years and you want to ride him out of uh, town on a rail and discount the 30 years of his accomplishments. But they are the ones who recognized it. Right. A little bit more on that. Uh, Well, in fact, as long as we started, let's keep going on it. Because I'm telling you about the deja vu. 
uh, how this sort of thing goes. The Oh, the other thing is they took a poll. Yes. 20% of African-American residents of Virginia mm-hmm. said, this is nonsense. Mm-hmm. 60% said, but the governor, you know, he's been a good governor. Mm-hmm. And so the backlash is coming from people that the radical left is trying to make victims of him. For the first time, it seems like the victim group is standing up. And here is the radical tail waving the ethnic dog. Right. <laughs> and the dog is saying, wait a minute. Yeah. What are you doing? But this is all done, stirred up in the service of somebody else. Now, one time, here was my deja vu story. Mm. Uh, back we were doing the morning show. And mm. back in the middle 90s, there was a frenzy in New Jersey about racial profiling. Yes. Pat, were you, do you remember that? Uh, was this the was this the thing where Christy Whitman, uh, when she was governor, was uh, seen giving a, a pat down? Um, was that? That was a different, that was a side issue. Okay. But yes, you're right. She was patting down a black kid in Camden. Right. And uh, somebody uh, took a picture of it. Right. And that shot down her political ambition to become George Bush's vice presidential candidate. Right. But that's a side issue. This, mm. this was after okay. the profiling. And I don't want to get into that very deeply because it would take a lot of time. But essentially what happened was there was a move to sue the state for traffic stops, they said, were mm. disproportionately mm-hmm. for minority groups. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it was profiling. Now, the profiling was done by the federal government. Okay. I think, uh, oh, Clinton, Bill Clinton, Democratic president. He had right. Democratic drug czar, they called it. Right. He put out information about who was, who was who in drug smuggling, delivery, sales and everything what groups Mm -hmm. now he had pointed this out very specifically and they had advised states to follow the profile yeah this and new jersey was considered one of the great drug conduits in the country so in the profile was certain people and there was ethnic consideration there driving certain kind of cars okay other certain behaviors okay at times up and down the 295 and the the turnpike sure and uh this applied to other states as well that, mm-hmm. that were on this drug conduit from, oh, Route 95, essentially. Well, yeah, they, I mean, colloquially known as, I think, the heroin highway. Yeah, well, yeah. it was, and they were, they were leading the country in busts by yeah. following this so-called profile. Mm-hmm. They would red sporty cars, not sports cars, but sporty cars, right. and if you pulled them over for speeding, which mm-hmm. that's another thing. They yeah. generally wanted to get this over with, so they're moving fast. Right. Then you look in the car, and there would be a lot of food wrappers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds odd, but that was part of the profile because mm-hmm. they didn't want to have to stop on the way. They wanted to get the drugs from the Carolinas or Florida or wherever right. to New York fast. Right. But anyway, it was working. All of a sudden, somebody gets the idea, this is profiling. Mm-hmm. This is pick, but And the state of New Jersey, it blew up here yeah. because of, of uh, one thing. There were lawyers who were bringing lawsuits on behalf of people who had been arrested in those drug busts. Yes. And many of them had to be released mm-hmm. because they were victims of racial profiling. I remember there was a law group who said, God, if we play our cards right, we can churn this for a billion dollars, Yeah, these lawsuits. So it got into a, a big mess. And Colonel, uh, uh, Colonel Williams, uh, who was the superintendent of the state police at the time, mm-hmm. who I've got to say, if I 
had to come up with a list of really fine people mm-hmm. of impeccable character that I admired so much I felt humiliated in their presence. It was so great. <laughs> Colonel Carl Williams was one of them. Okay. So he was the superintendent of the state police. So and he and Peter Venero, mm-hmm. who is now was the attorney general. Right. No, he wasn't at the time. Oh yes, he was at the time. After this blew up, Christy Whitman kicked him up to the Supreme Court. Well, and he was the one that just issued the report last week yes. on the hiring practices in the Murphy administration. Right, so he's still in to, business, but right. he was on the Supreme Court. Because of his connection, he was the attorney general, mm. and uh, Colonel Williams was the superintendent of state police. Yep. Christy Whitman was the governor. So as the buck got passed up, Christy Whitman had to stop it at the attorney general. So, so mm-hmm. they threw Colonel Williams under the bus. Right. Saying, oh, yeah, well, he's responsible for this, which was absurd. He was doing what the federal government had had ordained. Now, to show you how effective this program, this profile was, there was uh, a police officer in Maryland at the time, a state policeman, who had said when he was being asked about it, he said, every time I do a drug pullover, I pray that it's going to be a white person. I Mm. pray. It never happened because the government's profile was so accurate Mm. And this is the group that was, and they even split it into specific gangs who were who were doing this. Yeah. So anyway, the, the the everybody came down. This was a dog pile on the rabbit affair. Right. Everybody was down on the state police. The Star Ledger, the newspapers were beating mm-hmm. on them. At one time, Patrick, and this sounds unreal. Eric Scott, the news director, mm-hmm. and I. James Gerhardt, <laughs> were the only two people in media who were sticking up for the state police. Yeah, I believe it. And I can prove that because we were getting uh, certainly a lot of attention from the state police mm-hmm. and, you know, asked to attend some of their functions. Sure. And, and they were showing great appreciation. Uh, and they recognized it. Only two. Uh, because everybody else was afraid to. Right. Uh, but it, it eventually kind of resolved itself because the, it was a game. The federal government says, okay, we're going to take over some kind of monitoring of the state police and their activity. Mm-hmm. And here was the same bunch. This is talking about the fox in the hen house. Right. The, guy, the foxes had told the hens they had to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go in and say, no, we're going to boil, pluck you, and eat you <laughs> because, <laughs> because you did. You followed our instructions. Yeah. Okay, but, but get to my story. At the very peak of this, when everybody was coming down on the New Jersey State Police. Right. Which to me was always the elite law enforcement agency in the whole country. Yeah. And what was happening, they were being torn apart, they were being vilified, they were being demeaned, and, uh, you know, almost spit upon. And so on the air one day, I thought, okay, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to ask. We're getting callers. Mm. And I'm going to ask. I want to talk to minority people. It be African-American, Hispanic, South Sea slash other, Eskimos. Sure. It doesn't matter. I want to especially the, uh, the African-American people uh, who we were told were being devastated by the state police. I, I'd like to hear stories that you have of kindnesses, good things that have happened to you because of the New Jersey State Police. Mm-hmm. I was overwhelmed. We did two hours of call after call after call after call. The next day, did another hour and a half of solid calls. And so the rank and file, the people, did not do this. Right. There was the tail out there wagging that ethnic dog. Right. I love to quote. You ever hear of Alan Keyes? Yes. Yes. Alan Keyes, I admired very much. He ran for the Republican nomination for presidency against the original Bush back before the Bush-Clinton election, I think, in that right. year. 
And Alan, uh, Alan Keyes was uh, an African-American. Mm-hmm. He came into town during that, and they had a meeting of the, what is the Black Caucus of the legislature, and they were right. damning, damning the police and mm-hmm. their pets and minor children, you know, anybody <laughs> in sight, domesticated animals. Mm-hmm. And Alan Keyes said, well, I see all this anger. Why, why don't you get angry at the people who gave the police the bad reputation? Mm-hmm. Which is, mm-hmm. of course, the drug thing. Right. They didn't like that at all. But doesn't it make sense? Yeah. And, I, but I think the real people were doing that. And, and, and I think part of the, when you talked about that story about being overwhelmed with, with calls of uh, people who had, uh, had, Positive kind, experience. had kindness done to them, uh, you know, I think probably what happened, uh, just as a, a distant observer uh, for this, the state police were taking the rap for people who were not from New Jersey, yes. regardless of their ethnic background, people right. who were not from New Jersey getting in trouble here by passing through. But you see the opportunists. You get the lawyers, yes. the race hustlers, who yes. make a living by stirring up racial people. Absolutely. We all know who they are. Many of them are. Uh, they saw this as an opportunity. Yeah. They could stir the pot. Mm. But I was so delighted to see that people, and real people, good people we talked to, yeah. weren't buying into it. But they can't speak publicly about it. Right. It's like one person said, and I understand this completely. Uh, this, again, was an African-American person. And uh, they're going back to the O.J. Simpson case. Yes. Uh, the, the decision. And, they, uh, and he told the person that he was talking to, he said, of course we know O.J. Simpson did it. Mm-hmm. But we can't say that in front of white people. Right. And, and so this is a, an unfortunate situation. Anyway, I thought the thing in Virginia... Is is very interesting. Oh, that leads into the abortion thing because it was the governor of Virginia oh, yes. who joined Cuomo in New York. Yes, about this abortion at uh, in the birth canal or later. Well, which which there was there was a little bit of a, a tense moment I sensed last week in the State of the Union um, when President Trump brought up the Virginia governor and the abortion issue, and I thought he was going to get into a a little bit of the personal with the the blackface controversy there. Now that didn't happen. Trump stayed on message uh, with abortion. Um, but I, I was I was wondering when he brought up uh, the governor of Virginia, mm-hmm. how far down the road he was going to go with that. You know, speaking of abortion, again, we're jumping around here because I've said you've been working every day. (laughs) You get a chance to express yourself. You've been the newsman, Mm -hmm. uh, the voice of the news. I've been sitting on the veranda of stately Gerhardt Manor, (laughs) (laughs) sipping a julep and reading a whole lot of books that nobody else ever heard of. Sounds like a good life. I I can't say I'm obsessed, but I I am consumed with what what the hell is wrong with us? What is going on? Why are we tearing ourselves apart? Mm Mm-hmm. And I haven't gotten, when I reach the answer to that, I'll let you know. But I think part of it gets back to my sermon at the very beginning here. Yes. That the soul, <laughs> the parts of this society are not going to be in any kind of peace or well. Right. Or healed until the whole body is. And you don't do that by trying to tear each other apart and by anger, right. vitriol. But again, the abortion thing that's interesting to me, as I understand it, now, the it is based on essentially the these we're talking about abortion for convenience. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we'll discount the medical and, and things that are absolutely necessary. There's no doubt about that. But they it's based on the the uh, the premise that women have rights to do whatever they want with their own body. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this is allows it to do things with another body. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, when the child is in the birth canal or out, it's another it's a person, it's another person. Do right. you have the right to do whatever you want with that? But yeah. this is this is what now again, I will say, and I'm not trying to jump on on pro-abortion people, this is based on the what we heard from these two governors, right th- this latest movement. But another thing it brings up, you see, the the age at which a, a fetus, a human can be aborted, keeps going up and up. Right. Started off very early, then it goes to next trimester, this trimester. Now it's just about out. And then the, the, the parent, who's probably in great pain, not thinking that clearly, and the doctor, mm-hmm. can s- supposedly debate what to do. Yeah. Now, here's another wrinkle. I read... There are slightly under 900,000 abortions in America every year. Okay. That's, let's, let's round it off to 900,000. Uh, Planned Parenthood sets the average cost, uh, say, of an abortion at $500. Right. Some are cheaper. Some would cost more. But essentially, that's the average. 900,000 at $500 apiece so That's adding. $450 million yep. industry, mm-hmm. a $450 million industry. A lot of people making a lot of money on that. They're yeah. making a living on that. So these are people who have a vested interest in yeah. the process. Yeah. But I'm going to throw out another nasty thing, and then I may just you know let it go or run, cover my head, and try to run to my car <laughs> before the orts start coming. <laughs> There was a horrible case in New Jersey, Pat. You know this, where the mother had killed the, I believe it was uh, a toddler. Yes. This is because uh, the toddler wouldn't eat or didn't obey her. Yes, 23 months old. And so she beat the toddler to death. So hit him so hard that he fell down a flight of stairs. And then she buried him in the yard. Right. In in pieces, and there were burnt remains discovered in her purse. Now, this person. I don't think was a devil in league with the devil. It was just a poor, what I would say, not the best educated or culturally well-treated person in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a young girl uh, who did this terrible thing. But again, when do we get to the point that you could abort a child legally mm-hmm. when it is a pain in the ass? Right. Uh, is this not, you see, if you consider this a progression, Mm -hmm. what's next? Right. And, and I think uh, we, we talked, uh, quite a bit today about, um, things that happened in the 1990s and, and, uh, President Clinton, obviously in a much different context, had another one of those great political quotes. And I think it, uh, it does apply to people on both sides of, of the abortion argument and, uh, when a fetus becomes a, a person. And, uh, Clinton, if you remember when he was going through the Lewinsky scandal mm-hmm. said, it depends on what the definition of is, is, is. is. classic. Yeah. Yeah. So I not, perhaps I'm wrong. Who knows where history's going? Yeah. History is going to be whoever wins this thing, the left or the right or what happened. Whether we get into a, a totalitarian welfare state as the left seems to want, yeah. or a and this would be worldwide, open borders and the like, or a a, a world that remains uh with nations, cultures, isolated, separated cultures, yeah. and free enterprise. Whether whoever wins is going to get to make the call on this, but it seemed to me that future historians, looking back on this 
uh, this frenzy, this mania for abortion. Right. And it's not just in this country. The European countries are bad or worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to look back on this as being as barbaric as we look back upon witch burnings. It'll just be a terrible chapter in in history. Now, the obvious solution to this, of course, is we would arrive at some kind of an estate in which people don't have babies they're not going to want. Right. Or perhaps we'll get to the point that you don't need a man and a woman to make a baby. I don't know where it's going. Yeah. And, Who and, knows? And, and it, very, it very well could uh, arrive at that second point um, sooner rather than later. You know, just not with, that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, just some thoughts here. But yeah. I, 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 uh, with the exceptions, as I said there are obviously exceptions when something like this might be necessary. Yeah. But not when the child is born, right. or as good as. But then I fear the escalation of it, the ratcheting up, right. because with a four hundred and fifty million dollar industry, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people making a lot of money on this. Yep. And in America, money is the measure of all things. Uh-huh. So how many people are do not carry rat's patootie about the morality of this, or whether it's good or bad or wrong, but how much money? They're just looking at the bottom it's line. Looking, looking at the bottom line. Uh, one, more, one more thing here. Maybe two more things. <laughs> the, the politically correct news. Okay. I couldn't resist this. And this gets back to the Virginia case. Sure. And this endless cly- crying of racism. Mm. And I think it's done. Uh, uh, people are being exploited. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so they're. they're uh, see, I got so many things going through my head here. We don't know who's running the country. <laughs> We're told this deep state. Remember X-Files? Yes. Yeah, and it was always something is out there, but we never got to what was out there. But we know what was in here. Right. Was it Cancer Man, the guy that smoked all the? Right. Obviously, they represented some deep part of the government mm-hmm. that was actually in charge and running things. Yeah. And look at look now. It looks like that might very well have been true, but where their 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 aim is and where they were trying to take this, I think they are very clever, and they've capitalized. This, this radical group, we call it the radical left. I don't know. It could be radical north-south or some other. Yeah. Uh, but it does seem to have tremendous power. And it seems to me they're taking advantage of people's resentment, their anger, their frustrations. Mm-hmm. See, this is the best fed, the most free nation that ever was. Absolutely. Uh, Kierkegaard, one of the founders of existentialist philosophy, said, anxiety— is the dizziness of freedom. Okay. Now, once we got relieved of the notion that there's a nice old man named God out there and he's making a list and checking it twice and watching (laughs) us, once that got out of people's head, people don't know whether to go caca or go blind. Right. And so this is the anxiety. But I think a lot, and and anger, revenge politics. Yes. As the the new candidate for presidency, the head of Starbucks, whom I admire and support completely, (laughs) he was tired of the the politics of... uh, of, of revenge. But anyway, getting back to this, this is how silly this gets. Did you realize that Mary Poppins, you've seen Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mary Poppins was racist? Yes, because of the, what, because of the soot? Soot on yeah. Bert's to Chimney Sweep's face. Yeah. Now, in that uh, England at that time, Chimney Sweep's always looked like that. Yeah. Because 
They swept chimneys. Right, <laughs> right. It had nothing to do with any any ethnicity at all. And I think at one time Mary Poppins got some soot on her face. Yeah. So naturally, that is that was racist. Uh, we got uh, this gets out of the race thing, but there was a a, uh, a professor at Duke University. I think it was mathematics. It was in the science okay. type department who got fired because he had instructed his students to it'd be best if they spoke English. <laughs> well, what a what a novel concept. It, well, it was a novel concept. <laughs> but if you stop the average American on the street and you grab him by the collar and you say, "Look, does this make any sense?" Well, of course not. But we sit here and these particular uh, groups, corpuscles, <laughs> collections of sort of people with various resentments yeah. and various hatements, very dis- uh, various disappointments and anxieties. And they are great grist for this mill, mm-hmm. this radical mill, whoever's running this whole thing. Yep. So think about X-Files. <laughs> and I was amazed. I watched a rerun of one because yeah. I used to love it. And I was amazed. Back then, it was a 20, 30 years ago. Yep. And they, what we know is the deep state that everybody's not sure. But it has to yep. do with intelligence communities yeah. in it to run. It's exactly what they were as they had fictionalized life imitates art i life mean you have seen it art you've seen it over and oh, over again oh one more thing sure. uh, rob lowe the actor yes i uh, was doing commercials now for some diet plan or other yes rob lowe made what he thought was a funny about elizabeth warren the presidential right. candidate who claimed that she was of native american ancestry right. turned out to be bullpucky and but she wanted to maintain it. Well, it must be true because in my family that was a legend. Well, yeah. <laughs> How many people do you know? And I've run across these who pride themselves. And, well, my great 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 grandmother was an Indian princess. Indians didn't have princesses, <laughs> so there, right. there was no king. Yeah. But anyway, that's <laughs> mate. Rob Lowe said, "Well, if Elizabeth Warren is elected president, for the first time we will have a real commander in chief." <laughs> You know what? He had to hit his knees, grovel, and beg because the whole Hollywood establishment came down on him. Yeah, yeah. For for uh, somehow saying that. But what is again? Just I don't know whether this wraps up or not. But these thoughts going on in the head, sort of a stream and conscious, a stream of consciousness thing. Nobody's pushing back. Right. Why do not people not push back? I think part of it is because some of this stuff is so damn silly. And absurd and fatuous that people just, oh, come on. But again, it has power. It has intimidation power. Sure. They're intimidated like Rob Lowe and everybody. You're intimidated. These people get together. They intimidate the hell out of you. Right. Threaten your job, your livelihood, your lives even. Uh, And also the thing in Virginia, if it's true that 60% of the population, of the African-American population that Mm -hmm. the hustlers are trying to victimize or make Mm -hmm. into victims, say... No, this was years ago. People did this kind of stuff. You know, we're human. We've done stuff that may not yeah. be that nice. And and so, uh, you know, forget it. Let the man be yeah. governor. So if that's happening, 
And also, the some of these groups are starting to say, mm-hmm. well, yeah, maybe we're going to stop and think about this. Right. So the thinking is the key thing here, yeah. because we have lost the capacity of any kind of critical judgment. We just mm. don't do it. We just jump at things. Yeah. Okay, anyway, a couple... Oh, one more thing, because it involves new... <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's, my head is just bursting we're, with We're going to rename this podcast One More Thing. One More Thing. Uh, there was a Supreme Court decision that didn't hear a case of a high school coach who got fired from his job. It was in Bellingham, Washington. There's a Bellingham in Massachusetts, yes. too. I'm not sure. He got fired because after a game, he would go to the 50-yard line and kneel and say a prayer. Mm-hmm. So he got fired. Now, of course, the players, as you know in pros, they go take a knee and do whatever yeah. they want. That's fine. Some players actually kneel to pray. Uh, but the... Supreme Court let that firing stand. Did you know a giant stadium, Mm -hmm. the Muslims, a group of them who said they had tickets, felt that sometime during the game prayer time came and they didn't have a place to pray during the game. They set aside a section. Did you know that? No. They set it. Well, you check it out because they did this, whether it still stands or not, I don't know. Okay. This would go back maybe four or five years. Okay. But, uh, and this was especially during Jets games, as I remember for some reason or other. They set aside a special section of the stadium Mm -hmm. where Muslim fans or attendees could go to pray. I did not know that. Nobody said anything about that. Right. So you get all these double standards going, I quit, Pat. I'm going to run. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I've been a little pushy on the dance floor. No, that's. Uh, yeah. Next week, I'll follow you. You dance. <laughs> okay. I'm Jim Gerhart. Patrick Lavery, thank you so much for your patience. You're welcome. Absolutely. Man, you got a hide of steel to sit over there and take this for, 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 for however long we, you've had to take it. Thanks again. Very much. Thanks for listening to the new Jim Gerhardt podcast. Still cooking, and it's bigger than ever. From NJ1015.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.